I first want to thank Dr. Lupari for this very kind and gracious invitation to be with you all. It's a great honor to share and preach the Word of God. I am from a church tradition that is not the level of high church that you all are, but I am deeply and powerfully moved by the symbols. It's an honor um, to preach when they bring the cross, read the word, come back, and I'm the preacher. It says something about the sanctity of God's word, the power of the cross, the power of the gospel, particularly in these days and times in which we live. I must um, apologize to you all because uh, I come out of the African-American church and uh, we subscribe to the movement of the Holy Spirit even at the last minute. Several weeks ago I was asked for a sermon title and I sent it in. A scripture lesson, I sent it in, but yesterday morning uh, something else began to move in my spirit even confirming um, the events of yesterday. I want to share something that's not in your bulletin and I would ask you to pray with me because preachers need prayer and if the pew don't pray the preacher can't preach much so just bow with me in a word of prayer. God we thank you for this awesome opportunity. We bless you. God we give you glory. Thank you for worship. Thank you for the beauty of order and symbol. Thank you for the depth of the power of just the ways in which baptism is shared. We thank you for the symbols. Now we ask that this will be the preaching moment for if you don't speak, there's nothing the preacher can say. If you don't move, there's nothing the preacher can do. If you don't anoint God, I have words, but I have nothing to say. So now speak for thy servants heareth. In the name of Christ we pray, and if you agree with this prayer, let me hear you say amen. amen and amen. I want to read a text out of Lamentations 3, somewhere close to the 20th to the 24th verse, and this is how the text reads. And my soul is downcast within me, and yet, this call I to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the steadfast love of the Lord, we are not consumed. For God's compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I want to preach something this morning entitled, Did Heaven Make a Mistake? Did Heaven Make a Mistake? I watch with an ever-increasing level of sadness and pain the massive levels of injustice, hate, violence, murder, and cruelty, the hurt and pain caused in this world by human beings upon other human beings. All over the globe, witness the levels of rape, sexual molestations, abuse of women and girls, 
discrimination against the LGBT community and the transgender community, the economic and the political exploitation of the poor, witnessing the xenophobia, the racism, the nationalism, and now the white nationalism, the militarism, the prejudice against minorities and immigrants, the inequality between the rich and the poor, and the almost unimaginable levels of wealth and opulence in the hands of a few, the devastation of our environment, what Pope Francis calls our common home, the drug trafficking, the human trafficking, the mass incarceration of young African-American men, the continual unarmed shooting of African-American people, corporate greed, and not to mention genocide. I have come to the conclusion that though from Genesis we claim to be above and have dominion over animals, the fact is that we really are animals. We are animals trying to be moral, or what one writer calls moral animals. We're trying to be moral. We're trying to rise to what Lincoln calls the angels of our better nature. But when we are threatened or when our interests are threatened or we perceive that we are threatened or that our interests are threatened, then our instincts return us to the level of the angels of our worst nature. We really are animals trying to be moral. In this context, I ask the question if human beings deserve to be created. With Rabbi Sandy Eisenberg Sasso, I asked the question, do human beings deserve the gift of life or did heaven make a mistake? In Sasso's book entitled Midrash, Reading the Bible with Question Marks, she records several stories of rabbis debating this very difficult question of the relevance of human creation. She records that Rabbi Simon said when the Holy One, when the Blessed One came to create the Ademah, the Adam, the human one, the ministering angels formed themselves into groups and parties, some of them saying, let the human be created, while others urged, let the human one not be created. The angel of love said, let the human one be created because they will dispense acts of love. The angel of truth said, let humans not be created because they will speak falsehood. The angel of righteousness said, let human beings be created because they will perform righteous deeds. The angel of peace said, let human beings not be created because they are full of strife. Well, what did the Lord do? The rabbis say the Lord took truth and cast it to the ground, said the ministering angels before the Holy One, Sovereign of the universe, why do you despise your seal? Let truth arise from the earth. The rabbis are doing a riff on the we in Let Us Create in Genesis. The rabbis in this story suggest that let us means that God consulted the angels about the creation of humanity. 
Rabbi Simon sees angels arguing with themselves. The angel of love favors creation because human beings will act lovingly. The angel of truth objects because human beings will tell lies. The angel of righteousness gives the nod of assent because human beings will perform good deeds. The angel of peace claims that human beings are full of strife. The vote is tied two angels to two angels. God has to break the tie. God decides to matter by throwing the angel of truth out of heaven and casting truth to the ground. It is not that the angel of truth is incorrect in assessing the human character. It is that God wants to create despite the fact that human beings will lie and contend with each other. The, angel takes, the angels take no comfort in God's action to create. And the angelic chorus says, let truth spring up from the earth and return to its proper place in the heavens. But God pays no attention because if truth assumed its proper place, human beings could not exist. This story through the rabbis tells us something about their profound disappointment in human beings and human behavior and almost despair that we will ever change. It takes overwhelming disappointment to question whether or not God should have created us in the first place. Watching daily global and American events that transpire, this is where I am right now. I am profoundly disappointed. I am profoundly hurt. I am profoundly angry. It seems to me like the world has gone mad, discarding what is right and good and true and lovely and civil and beautiful and peaceful. It's like we've thrown off all authority in a, in a, in a childish fit of rage and we just want to get rid of this and get rid of that with absolutely no idea of what's going to replace it. Not the slightest idea of what we want other than we mad as hell and we not going to take it anymore, throw the bums out, get rid of them. And if I could really be honest, Yeah, that was warm-up honesty. <laughs> I would tell you that I wrestle with despair. Despair that things will ever get better. Despair that our best hopes for dream and dreams for liberation, for freedom, for equality, for reconciliation, to access for all to the land and the resources of the land. I despair that the ability of a small minority of the human population that are globally rich to maneuver, manipulate, and always come out on top no matter what happens. I struggle for hope. Maybe I've been all my life too far on the side of the angels of love and righteousness that we will act lovingly and we will do righteous deeds. Maybe I've been too far over there with the angels of love and righteousness 
that we would do justice and love mercy and walk humbly before our God. But right now, I'm in serious dialogue with the angel of truth about the wickedness, about the deceit, about the war and the violence. Can I sum it all up in one sentence? Do you know that we are really stupid enough to drop nuclear warheads on ourselves? Do you really know that we're dumb enough to do that? Someone asked Albert Einstein, what weapons will the third uh, world war be fought with? He said, I'm not sure about the third world war, but I can tell you what the fourth world war weapons will be fought with. He said it would be fought with rocks. So God, bring truth back to heaven and close shop on this human experiment. Heaven made a mistake by the creation of human beings. Why don't you just close shop, God, on this human experiment? You remember, you remember, we've been at this point before. You remember, you got so frustrated with human beings that you sent a flood virtually to wipe all of us out. Remember, you remember, you remember, you remember, and you, you put a rainbow out, and, and, you know, we went in the ark two by two, and then we came out, and you put a rainbow in the sky, and you remember, and then you said it wouldn't be, it'd be fire next time. You remember? Well, let's go on. God, just bring the fire, and let's be done with it. Just admit heaven made a mistake. Burn, baby, burn. Let the fires come. Heaven made a mistake. The human experiment does not work. God, curse human beings and let us die. And when I feel like this, out of nowhere, out of the depths of my disappointment, my hurt, my anger, and despair, comes this text screaming to mind. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For God's compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. It is owing to God and God alone that things are not worse. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Everything would burn down except for one thing, the Lord's faithfulness, the Lord's hesed. C-H-E-S-E-D or H-E-S-E-D. I know that you may not probably be familiar with the term hesed, so let me explain. Hesed can be translated as loving kindness, steadfast love, grace, mercy, and goodness. Hesed means to be faithful to a relationship to act in a loyal, loving way to a person. The word hesed is used 240 times in the Old Testament, especially in the Psalms. 
It is one of the most important terms in Hebrew theology and ethics. It means the strength of God, the steadfastness of God, and the love of God all taken together. It means that God is so strong that God's love cannot be broken. God is so strong that God's love can never be unfaithful, that God has the strength to love regardless of human behavior. Hesed means covenant love, mutual uh, love involving reciprocal rights and obligations between parties of a relationship such as Yahweh and Israel. This covenant love is not based in obligation, but in generosity. God loves us not because God has to, but because God wants to. In terms of God and Israel, the weaker party seeks the protection and blessing of the patron and the protector, though they might not be deserving of it. But the stronger party remains committed to the covenant promise. Hesed goes beyond the rule of law. It is being in the relationship full of mercy, full of grace, full of steadfastness and loving kindness. God's loving kindness is offered to the Israelites who need redemption from sin, enemies, and trouble. And though they don't deserve it, God's steadfast, God's hesed. In Hebrew culture, someone does hesed, shows hesed, or keeps hesed. Hesed can operate in human relationships, and I don't have time to talk about that today. I want to talk about God's hesed. I want to talk about God does kindness. God does mercy. God does faithfulness. God does hesed in concrete acts of redemption, in fulfillment of God's promise. God is hesed. God's hesed is so hesed that ultimately it is even beyond the covenant. It will not ultimately be abandoned even when the human partner is unfaithful and must be disciplined. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercy never comes to an end. It is new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The word hesed is used in Psalm 89.3, the text says, the world is built on hesed. The world is built on God's mercy and loving kindness. Psalm 89.3 says, in the very heavens you establish your hesed. In the very heavens, in the very heavens you establish your faithfulness. Let me give you an image from the rabbis that the throne of God is established on Hesed. Have you ever been out to eat and uh, you get to a place and maybe um, uh, one of the legs of the table is too short and the table wobbles? Have you, you, you ever had that happen? Or maybe not out at a, maybe at home uh, you have a table you know that feeling and you know you have to put something underneath it like cardboard or rocks or because I'm a professor students tend to put books <laughs> under the leg so they'll stop wobbling 
Psalm 89.3 says, For I have said the world is built on Hesed, and in the very heavens you establish your faithfulness. The rabbis say that God's throne in heaven was wobbling. And all of heaven was wobbling because one leg of God's throne was too short. Until the Holy One, the Blessed One, propped it up. And with what did God prop up God's throne? The rabbis say with hesed, with mercy. Hence, it is said that the world and the universe is built on hesed, established by God's mercy. The world is built. In the very heavens, you establish your faithfulness. Of course, you know the world is like a throne with four legs. God's creation is precarious, constantly teetering and tottering between survival and extinction, just, just wobbling. Only hesed, mercy, and divine grace sustain existence. God props us up. If it were not for God's love, we would have already been consumed. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercy never comes to an end. It is new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Let, let, me, let me slide to the Lamentations, lest I keep you too long. The Lamentations 3 and 24 text. Let me give you the background. For 18 straight months, Nebuchadnezzar laid siege on Jerusalem. It got worse and worse and worse, and the people suffered and suffered. Finally, Nebuchadnezzar won the battle, and he completely demolished Jerusalem. The beloved Jerusalem went up in flames. Though it had been prophesied, the people we're not ready for it. On top of the city burning, the temple was destroyed. The holy temple was cast down. The people were taken away in slavery. It was an unimaginable grief. The prophet personifies the grief of the people in his person. This is straight from Lamentations 3. You can read it when you go home. The prophet says, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of God's wrath. I am the one who has been brought and led not into light, but into darkness. God has made my flesh and my skin to waste away. God has broken my bones. God has hemmed me in. God has surrounded me with bitterness and anguish. God has built a wall about me and I can't get out. God has put heavy chains on me. Even when I keep crying and calling for help, God shuts out my prayer. God bent God's bow and sent me up, set me up as a target for God's arrow. God sent me into my inward parts, an arrow from his shaft of his quiver into my inward parts. God has filled me to the brim with bitterness. God has caused me to drink wormwood. God has ground my teeth with gravel and covered me over with ashes. Then this, therefore my soul is with downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind. And this I have hope. Because of the Lord's Hesed, great love, we are not consumed for God's compassions never fail. They are new every morning. 
Great is thy faithfulness. It is the recognition of God's mercy and thankfulness that we're not consumed. It is the recognition of God's mercy and God's grace, God's hesed, that will not allow me to go in despair and wreck my despair on others through violence. That is why no matter how we are hated, we do not hate. No matter how we are brutalized, we will not brutalize others. Because of the Lord's steadfast love, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. That's why we don't bust out windows and set shops on fires and turn cars over. That's why we don't demonize other people. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. That's why we don't drive cars in the crowds and kill people. It's the steadfast. That's why we march and protest with nonviolence. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning we will address the issues we will not hate and we will not do violence and we will not do harm the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases God's mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. It is Hesed that holds the world up. Do you remember, do you remember that on July 17th in 214, Eric Garner died in Staten Island? You remember New York City after a New York Police Department officer put him in a chokehold for 15 to 20 seconds despite Garner saying, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. You remember, painfully, I remember. Several days later, two policemen were murdered as they sat in their police car blocks away from the Eric Garner incident. You remember. It didn't get as much media attention, but the wife and daughter of Eric Garner, who was choked to death in police custody, went and laid a wreath at the site where those two police officers were killed. Did you hear me? It wasn't covered much. Their husband and father killed, and yet they go and lay a reef at the spot for these two slain police officers. And my argument is they were sliding Hesed. America was wobbling. America was wobbling. They were establishing Hesed. They were sliding mercy and grace. And whenever mercy and grace is slid into an act of violence or hate, it is God's Hesed propping the world up. We stand for dignity. We stand for decency. We stand for equality. We stand for 
for love of creation. We stand for justice and mercy and forgiveness. And we declare that heaven did not make a mistake. Why? Because we are God's hesed. We slide mercy. We slide grace. We as Christians slide forgiveness into the most despicable acts. And therefore, we hold the nation and the world up. Steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. Why? Because God has us. You, you remember our nation, for those of you who are from around the globe, we had a killing, remember? You, you remember where the young man went to the African-American church and, and killed nine people? Do you remember that when several families got together and spoke by video conference to the young man that killed. You remember what he said? They said, we forgive you. Propping the nation up. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Can I, can I, uh, you know, uh, can I close now? Um, you know, when, when a preacher said they're getting ready to close, that really means they got 15 more minutes of material. I'm, as I, in a black tree, as I go to my seat. Hesed was not only in the Hebrew Bible, but Hesed is also in the New Testament. Hesed was a theological and ethical principle in the Hebrew Bible, but in the New Testament, Hesed became a person. He came, Jesus, through 40 and two generations. He came, born on the backside of a cheap motel. He came with wood shavings in his apron and carpenter tools in his belt. He walked the dank and dusty roads of Galilee. He came, he healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, made deaf folk hear, made lame folk walk. He came, brought deaf folk, dead folk back to life. But soon we discovered the angel of truth was right. We would speak falsehood and contend even with him. The angel of peace is right. We are full of strife and we strove even with him. So much so that we crucified Hesed. And the world began to teeter. The world was wobbling. Teetering between survival and extinction. God heated up the furnace to end it all. And yet, God had one final act of Hesed. God had one final act of mercy and love. God brought Jesus out of the grave, the resurrection props 
It is in the resurrection of Christ that the hope of glory, that the hope of humankind, that hesed will always be available for those of us who have the courage and the audacity to hope. steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God's mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. This is the word of God given to the people of God. Let those who have ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen.